And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Well, last Thursday, India ordered a halt to its largest rice export category in a move that will roughly halve shipments by the world's largest exporter of the grain, triggering fears of further inflation on global food markets. Now, the government said it was imposing a ban on non-Basmati white rice after retail prices climbed 3% in a month after late but heavy monsoon rains caused significant damage to crops, according to the report from Reuters. India accounts for more than 40% of world rice exports and Low inventories with other exporters mean any cut in shipments could inflate food prices already driven up by Russia's invasion of Ukraine last year and erratic weather. The food ministry said in a statement that cited an 11.5% increase in retail prices over 12 months, quote, in order to ensure adequate availability of non-Basmati white rice in the Indian market and to ally the rise in prices in the domestic market, the government of India has amended the export policy, end quote. Now, the category impacted non-Basmati white and broken rice accounted for around 10 million tons of a total of 22 million tons of Indian rice exports last year. The government clarified late on Thursday that parboiled rice, which represented 7.4 million tons of exports in 2022, was not included in the ban. The move demonstrates the sensitivity of the government of Prime Minister Modi to food inflation ahead of the general election next year. His administration has extended a ban on wheat exports after curbing rice shipments in September 2022. It also capped sugar exports this year as cane yields dropped. Now, rice is a staple for more than 3 billion people, and nearly 90% of the water-intensive crop is produced in Asia, where the El Nino weather pattern usually brings lower rainfall. Global prices are already hovering at their highest level in 11 years. Now, the ban is effective from July 20th. Uh, no report on when that ban on exports of non-Basmati white rice from India could be lifted. While Biden administration officials expressed tentative support for efforts in Congress to restrict ownership of U.S. farmland by foreign adversaries during a hearing of the House Select Committee on U.S. CCP competition, state defense and commerce officials came under repeated fire over the president's strategy on China, but not on the People's Republic of China's ownership of U.S. farmland where there was more agreement. Washington State Representative Dan Newhouse on the House legislation to broaden control over such ownership through the Treasury Chaired Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. or CFIUS. If enacted, would authorize larger jurisdictions uh, over land purchases by foreign military adversaries in our country. Are there other factors that we should be considering in, the, in this effort to get a handle on foreign purchases of agricultural land in the United States by adversaries? Commerce Assistant Secretary for Export Administration, Thea Roseman-Kendler. This is certainly something that we're tracking and, and paying a great deal of attention to. I, I think we need to refer you to the Department of the Treasury for, for further detail on, on how they are looking at the question of agricultural land in the CFIUS process. While the Pentagon's Assistant Secretary for Indo-Pacific Security, Eli Ratner, was a bit more direct. I have to take a closer look at the specific legislation, but absolutely support efforts to prevent adversarial ownership of sensitive land industries and sectors, and, and biotechnology is one worth taking a careful look at. Now, parallel Senate legislation requires USDA to have a permanent seat on CFIUS, which reviews national security impacts of foreign investments, including land buys near sensitive military sites, a concern heightened by China's spy balloon flyover this year. 
Well, the USDA cotton projections for August through July indicate that global cotton ending stocks will increase by 570,000 bales or 0.6% to 94.5 million bales. That's the second highest level since the 2014-15 marketing year. As production exceeds mill use for a second year in a row, world cotton prices are forecast lower than the dollar one per pound estimated for the 22-23 marketing year, the recent high in 21-22 of almost $1.32 per pound. Although the world harvested area is projected to increase 2% or 600,000 hectares, a projected decrease in the global yield reduces the production estimate year over year. Global cotton production is forecast to decrease by 1.1 million bales or 1% from the 22-23 marketing year to 116.8 million bales in the 23-24 marketing year. The largest gains in the world are expected to come from Pakistan and India. World trade expectations, 43.5 million bales, show a considerable increase from the 22-23 marketing year, rising with the projected rebound in the 23-24 global cotton mill use. Well, Minnesota Representative Angie Craig is the winner of the National Corn Growers Association's 2023 President's Award. She was honored during the organization's annual Corn Congress Summer Meeting in Washington, D.C. Tom Haig, NCGA president and a Minnesota corn grower, had high praise for the congresswoman. He said, quote, whether it's ensuring that consumers have access to higher levels of ethanol or it's working to advance corn grower priorities in the farm bill, Craig has been a tireless advocate for growers and is one of our biggest congressional allies, end quote. Now, Craig, Minnesota 2nd District Representative, says, quote, My district is home to so many of the corn growers who get food on our tables and fuel in our vehicles. I'm honored to represent them, end quote. Now, Craig has championed many issues important to corn growers. Earlier this year, she joined a bipartisan group of House members in reintroducing a bill that would allow year-round access to E15. The 77 people serving on the United Soybean Board approved $191.5 million for the 2024 fiscal year budget. The budget supports research, promotion, and education investment portfolios selected through USB's portfolio development process. These investments help drive demand for U.S. soy and return value to all U.S. soybean farmers. The total budget also includes execution, oversight, and program support. Megan Kaiser, USB chair and Missouri farmer, says, quote, I hope U.S. soybean farmers are proud of their checkoff as we pool our resources to improve our reliability and sustainability in delivering our crop to the global marketplace. As we look to next year, we know that soy delivers solutions, and in many cases it serves as a drop-in replacement to improve our carbon footprint across thousands of products, end quote. She also says it's important to make significant gains and drive return on investment back to farmers, adding, quote, the future is bright, end quote. And finally, here on American Ag Today, if a foreign animal disease outbreak were to occur in the United States, there will be a need for excessive sampling despite biosecurity challenges. The Certified Swine Sampler Collector Training Program is designed to train producers and caretakers how to properly collect samples for diagnostic and surveillance purposes using a standardized curriculum. Dr. Pam Zabel, Director of Swine Health with the National Pork Board, explains how a veterinarian can find out more about their training role. On securepork.org, there is a, under the training tab, um, there is a, what we call a SAHO contact list, so state animal health official contact list. And that is where the veterinarian would go to find a contact in their state. 
Now, the Pork Checkoff has sponsored the Spanish translation of the training materials, which has helped the board at 400 producers representing nine states as they play a vital role in collecting samples. Today's global movements of people and pigs pose greater risk to herd health than ever before, and this makes implementing on-farm disease prevention and mitigation strategies critical to maintaining overall herd health and preventing the introduction or spread of disease. You can find more resources for producers at porkcheckoff.org. That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.